0: The Lord be with you. And with with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever does not enter a sheepfold through the gate, but climbs over elsewhere, is a thief and a robber. But whoever enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice as the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has driven out all his own, he walks ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they recognize his voice. But they will not follow a stranger. They will run away from him because they do not recognize the voice of strangers. Although Jesus used this figure of speech, the Pharisees did not realize what he was trying to tell them. So Jesus said again, Amen, amen, I say to you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. A thief comes only to steal and slaughter and destroy. I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm very grateful to Monsignor Ingham for giving us the opportunity. I'm gonna look at the live stream camera once. Hi, everybody on the internet. I'm very grateful to Monsignor Ingham for giving me the opportunity to preside over this liturgy today because it's also a special liturgical anniversary for me. Today, we're celebrating the 57th uh, World Day of Prayer for Vocations. And 24 years ago, 1996, I was a lay person, early mass at my parish, I was a lector, I had just done the reading, I was sitting more or less there in the assembly in the front pew, minding my own business, and as the priest was preparing the gifts for mass, he was a Salesian priest, he said, let's all pray today on the World Sunday of Prayer for Vocations, it was the 33rd Sunday of World Day of Prayer for Vocations back then, let's pray that young women and young men come forward and answer the Lord's call for uh, laborers for the harvest. And those prayers were pointed right at me. So I had the normal reaction anybody my age back then would have. It's like, but Lord, I have all this stuff. I wanted to start a family, etc., cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I can say today, and I celebrate today. Today I celebrate, especially personally, a prayer answered. Uh, whenever I go back and celebrate at that parish, I say, thank you all, because I'm here as a priest, because you prayed for my vocation. And so... I would be remiss if I didn't repeat the same invitation on this 57th Sunday uh, day of prayer for vocations is let's ask the laborers, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few, let's pray to the Lord today especially to send laborers to the harvest, let's pray for vocations to the priesthood, pray for vocations to the consecrated life. Today, the fourth Sunday of Easter, is often considered the Sunday of the Good Shepherd because the readings, each year we have three cycles of readings, they all revolve around understanding the Lord as the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd is willing to lay down his life for his sheep. And really, when you talk about the Gospels themselves, if you want to see how the Lord understands his priesthood, he understands it from that point of view of the Good Shepherd. And that's why we consider Monsignor Ingham the pastor of this parish. He shepherds this parish, Bishop Luis Rafael. He is the pastor of this diocese. Because we realize that it is this pastoral responsibility to shepherd the sheep, to lead them to greener pastures. But always remembering that the Lord is the shepherd, is the chief, is the shepherd-in-chief. And in the gospel today, it's interesting. He doesn't talk today about being the, the sh- good shepherd, but he talks about being the sheep gate. And this shouldn't surprise us because understanding and describing himself as the sheep gate is just another way of something that he has already taught us. He's taught us that he is the way. He's not just somebody we follow, but he's also a path that we are called to follow. And the little secret behind the World Day of Prayer for vocations, and when we pray for vocations, a lot of times we think specifically about those who have a call to the priesthood or the consecrated life, is that, I hate to break it to you if you don't already know, everyone has a vocation. We all have this vocation to holiness, the path that our Lord has not only shown to us, but the path that our Lord has enabled us to be able to do through the sacraments, and starting with baptism, which is why it's so eloquent that the first reading today, we see the disciples right after Pentecost coming out and preaching to pious Jews who had reunited for a gathering from all over for the feast of Pentecost. And it says that they are cut to the heart and they ask, What should we do? And he says, Be baptized every one of you for the repentance of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptism for us is that gateway into a life of holiness and eventually by the grace and mercy of God into eternal life. It sets us on the way, it inaugurates us into a Christian life. A life where thanks to the Holy Spirit, we have the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity poured into our souls. And with the help of him, we continue along the path. So our Lord makes that vocation to holiness possible. He does not ask us to do the impossible. But sometimes when we're considering a vocation, whatever that vocation may be, we fall into the trap of just associating with what feels good, what seems right. And that brings us to the second reading today, because Peter reminds us in the second reading today that that process of following our Lord by following the path he's traced out for us is also an ongoing process of uniting our will to his. A vocation is ultimately seeking out God's will and trying to follow it as, he underst- as we understand that it is meant for us. And that is necessarily going to imply some renunciation. Excuse me. <coughs> when you have two wills coming together with the best of intentions, it's going to imply taking a new direction in our lives. Just as Peter invited those pious Jews in the first reading today. And he reminds us that path of renunciation in the cross is really an imitation of Christ. When Christ became man and came down, the mission that the Holy Heavenly Father had entrusted to him implied that renunciation in the cross all the way up to Calvary and beyond. And we know the fruits of that, which is why we're celebrating this beautiful Easter season. So it shouldn't surprise us that sometimes when we perceive God's will, God's will implies something that is a little tough for us, something that's a little costly for us. It's not always going to feel good. It's kind of like a relationship, okay? You have the warm fuzzies once in a while. Sometimes at the, initial, uh, the beginning of the relationship, you have a lot of warm fuzzies. But then little by little, it matures into something a little deeper. And you realize it goes way beyond feelings, whether they're good feelings or bad feelings, positive sentiments or adverse sentiments. You realize that it plugs into convictions, something deeper inside of us, something deeper inside of us that says to us, I am resolved to do this because I think it is good for me. I'm resolved to do this because I think that it is God's will, and it doesn't matter whether I'm having a good day or a bad day, good hair day, bad hair day, whatever. So this path of conforming our will to God's will, which is the following of a vocation because our Lord calls us to do this, every one of us through that vocation to holiness, There are those moments of renunciation, because it implies us taking a new direction in life. And it implies many times detaching ourselves from things that maybe we might be a little stuck on. I'm the first example of that. When I was sitting in that pew 24 years ago, my first reaction was, Lord, but I got all this stuff. But little by little, he showed to me what a gift the vocation was. Saint John Paul II described his priestly vocation when he wrote his memoirs on the 50th anniversary of his priestly ordination he described it as a gift and a mystery it's a gift in the sense that the better the gift the better the greater you realize the love of the person who has given the gift to you okay we've all had these certain gifts that people have given us that are just kind of generic gifts you know gifts between acquaintances Perhaps it's the gift that, okay, Christmas time comes around and your boss gives you that Christmas fruit basket or something and, you know, everybody's got the fruit basket and it's like, great. But when you get that gift from someone who is special, it's like, wow, you know me. You know this is exactly what I needed. Or sometimes it even goes beyond that. Sometimes we have that relationship with someone where they know us even better than ourselves and all of a sudden you open the package and there's this gift And you're like, wow, I would have never asked for this, but thank you so much for thinking of me because this gift is exactly what I needed. It's beautiful. The vocation is exactly like that. The vocation of holiness is exactly like that. Sometimes it's a gift that we didn't expect, we didn't exactly want, we didn't think we needed it. But little by little, it's a mystery, as St. John Paul II added to the end of that, because it takes our whole life to fathom it and unpack it. And that's what a Christian life is. Receiving that gift, welcoming that gift, and just drawing the fruits from that gift throughout our lives. So as we continue this celebration of the Eucharist, let's continue to pray for vocations. Let's continue to pray for each one of us, all those that we hold dear, that they take up that call to holiness, they renew that vocation to holiness, and they see it as that gift so that they pursue it ever more eagerly with that much more relish. And let's ask our Lord as well to help us to always remember with gratitude that he is the one who made those things possible. Because we also know, too, a vocation is following our Lord. Let's thank him for enabling us to get on that path in the first place, and let's ask him to always be with us as we continue along that path to try and really live a life that is pleasing to him and pleasing to our Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, you know what we need before we ask. With confidence in your everlasting love, we humbly present to you our petitions. For the church, that she may continue to be a priestly people who intercedes and sanctifies the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our Holy Father, Pope Francis, that he may receive strength in these trials of the pandemic so that he may shepherd his people and persevere in his ministry. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all priests and religious on this world day of prayer for vocations, that they may receive the grace to give that testimony of the future goods of heaven through the living of their vocation we pray to the lord, lord hear for all those who are discerning god's will in their lives that they may respond with generosity let us pray to the lord, lord hear for those who do not know our lord that they may listen to the promptings of the holy spirit in their heart and start the path to holiness and conversion let us pray to the lord For the poor, that they may receive strength and consolation in their trials and seek out the true treasure which is our Lord. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, And for all those afflicted and impacted by the coronavirus, that they may receive consolation, healing, and comfort. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, Heavenly Father, we ask you we thank you for heeding our petitions, which we offer to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.